Welcome to the Sixers Mania Podcast. I'm your host, Will Coffrin. Joining me, per usual at this point, Justin mm-hmm. Maltz, Sixers Mania founder, CEO, CFO. Yep. C- I am a CFO. Mitch is CFO. No, Mi- no. We'll give Mitch CFO. We'll, we'll let that one slide. But uh, no, good to be here. Good to be here. Exciting after uh, Joel Embiid's 70-point performance, which, I, of course, we will talk about. But just Leading uh, off of that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. just amazing. And uh, it, what a time to be alive as a Sixers fan. You, you can't get much better. They have looked phenomenal. Joel Embiid has looked better than his MVP self from last season. And uh, yeah, they did, no complaints. Zero. Yeah, of course. Um I had the world's longest sore throat, so that's why we were not doing it for a little bit, and you had to uh, get your ho- own hoops in. Some are saying you dropped 70 in a rec game. Yes. That's the rumor. Yes. Around about that uh, 50 there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's why we're not doing it. Uh, you know, doing it a little later. Uh, but we had to do one for MB dropping 70. I mean, that's just fucking insane. Uh, franchise record, of course, uh, breaking Will Chamberlain's record. Um, crazy, too. Like, I know Wembenyama's a rookie, but. The fact that Embiid's able to shoot over Wembenyama, that's how he scored most of his points. He wasn't, I think, you know, maybe either people that don't, I'm not trying to discredit everyone, people that don't watch basketball kind of just assume he's going to be, like, backing him down and dunking on him like he's prime Shaq. That's not Embiid's game. Embiid's no. uh, maestro of the mid-range and uh, is really just a generational score that I don't think, not to sound like Mark Jackson, but I, I don't think he gets enough credit uh, for... With all due respect. Yeah, with all due respect. I don't think he gets enough credit for being a... Mid-range yeah. assassin, because he kind of is on, like, the, the KD Kobe level, uh, and that doesn't really get talked about enough. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, give me. I, I know you talked about it a little bit, but, like, I don't know. How how, how did you feel about it? Because yeah. it's, it's crazy, but it's also one of those where it's like, it wasn't that surprising, to be honest, which is no, why, it, how crazy Embiid is. I don't want to say it was a quiet 70, because it's never quiet when you score 70 points right. during a league. You're an elite company, a store company there. I think there was, what, nine players to do it, or he becomes the ninth or so, something like that. So, I mean, you can't even yeah. count on, on two hands how many people And all those players it, so are ridiculous that have scored 70, by the way. Ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's not like 60. There's probably some, like, flukes. But Yeah, I mean, but, you know, 70 is, it's elite company, and it, it's insane to, to think Joel Embiid is among them, but he really is, and he proves it. Once again, we thought he was fantastic last season, which he was, and he just continues to show why he is by far and away, at least in my, especially this season, by far and away the best player uh to play uh, you know in the nba right now he just is so joel Embiid has, has been dominant there's really no word to describe him but like you said his game is different uh it's not that he's changed dramatically but i really feel like he has attacked the mid-range i, I don't know what he's shooting from that area but it's ridiculous and it kind of reminds me of like even the playoffs with Kawhi leonard and the raptors that season i feel like he was in which his mid-range was always his game but he was lights out and, he, and joel Embiid's seven foot and doing it at his size is remarkable and he just he could beat you in so many ways it's the problem is it's not like he's just a mid-range guy and that's it no he can back you down if he wants to he can extend you from the three he's got a handle he talked to brett brown after the game he's got vision and now he's passing so every aspect of the game that you want he does it all he just does yeah and he was he even though like yes he was trying to shoot towards the end he was yeah. passing at the end too and poor daniel house getting getting booed yeah, by the home bad. fans iconic moment though i love uh, it though typical philly so philly yeah, and for what it's worth, he deserved it. Uh, but uh, you know, um, Embiid was passing, and it was uh, it was all. I mean, he um, I mean, he was definitely going for seventy. Not gonna lie, but uh, but going on that list I mentioned of the people that scored seventy, uh, Wilt's done it several times. I think he's the only repeat offender on this list. Um, but Elgin Baylor, and then David Thompson's probably the weakest one. Either him or uh, whoever you think between Booker or Donovan Mitchell. Um, but uh. Yeah. Those two, and then Kobe yeah. and Dame Lillard are are the that's the list, and that now Joel Embiid. So, uh, insane game, and like I said, the craziest part is he does this all the time. So I kind of I don't, I don't, like I said I'm not gonna say I expected it, but like it wasn't crazy to me. I was like, oh yeah, he scored seventy. Meanwhile, this is a team like you know the guys we've been watching have been Evan Turner, Iguodala, um, you know throughout the years, Michael Carter Williams, Ben Simmons. Uh, not not a not a great scorer. Um, so. Uh, well, yeah. and, he, and he had, what, 24 in the first quarter, which was like, people were going crazy. And I was like, 24, like, yes, it was a, I think it was a career high in the first for him, at least in one yeah, quarter. Yeah, then he's going to sit, and it's like, oh, And then he sits, and it's like, even 24 didn't really catch me off guard, where it's like, yeah, he'll sit exactly. He'll probably get to, like, you know, maybe 40 or 50, which he's done before, and then usually sit the entire fourth. But the fact that they weren't able to put the Spurs away completely is really the reason for Joel Embiid even getting close to 70, because we had to bring him back in just to make sure, okay, let's beat this team that we are significantly significantly better than and you know there's a lot of people that are discrediting oh it's the spurs and this and that but 
70-70. I mean, when you score 70, yeah. I don't care so, if it's free throws or this. 70 points is 70 points. It is you, so much harder than the 60-point. Like, it seems crazy to say. Yeah. But, like, 70 is once you start to get to the just, like, that that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. You know, like, like I listed all these things. Like, Kevin Durant's not on there. Kevin Durant's considered one of the best scorers of this generation. Yeah. Um. So, the fact that Embiid was able to do it, I mean— Harden wasn't on there. Either. I mean, James Harden is right. He's not yeah, on there. Yeah, no well, Harden. He, and he was scoring. Score. Yeah, he, he he um and Bede's kind of on the best scoring stretch at least I can remember since Harden that one year where Harden yeah. felt like he was scoring fifty every game. Uh so uh, kudos to Joel. Definitely mm-hmm. one of the better Joel moments. Of I'm obviously he needs to do it in the playoffs, but like it, mm-hmm. you know we say that all the time. If you're just gonna sit around and be miserable because he hasn't done it in the playoffs, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, we get it. But enjoy the moment. It was exactly. Great. Uh, in front of Brett Brown, like you mentioned, which uh, I I enjoyed the moment with him, Covington, and Furkan, who I feel like Furkan, I'm like, I hope for his sake he is traded. I feel so bad for the man just rolling uh, on the bench. Not that I think he's like an amazing player, but it's like the guy wants to be out of here so badly, and he yep. was probably delighted to see Brett Brown, the only coach that's played him. <laughs> so Yeah, no, he, he looked ecstatic after the game, and I could tell even Joel was happy that he was in the building, and I, I know he said post, I forget the exact quote, but basically like, hey, I was happy, you know, or not Joel. Of course, Joel was in the building. Happy that Brett Brown was in there, you know, to really see it in person, which was exciting for him and his old coach and the guy that really brought him and developed him into the player that he is today, which is awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brett, I I obviously think pretty highly of him uh, in, in comparison to, to most people in Philadelphia. Uh, it, yeah, great moment. Um, and I I think uh, I think throughout the years, it'll be more positive about Brett Brown, but Brett Brown did seem happy about it. Uh and once again, you can't discredit the 70, no matter. I know it's on the Spurs. Just he, he was doing it from the mid range. I know people can bring up the free throws. There were a good amount of free throws, but he still scored like 50 points on non free throws. So, what are you going to say at that point? Yeah. Um, and I think he's. We, now, Grant, I think every week we go back and forth because of our infrequency of doing this podcast because of um, my world's longest sore throat and your. Uh, you know, Pleasure. yeah, scheduling conflicts. I think Embiid, Embiid has to, as long as he plays 65 games, he's going to get the MVP, in my opinion. I don't know. Yep. I assume you. I talked to Sam D. Giovanni of Clutch Points actually yesterday, saw him in person. And <laughs> right. also, he said the same thing. He, said he, he at least he believed it. as long as Joel, you know, stays stays healthy and then where he can hit the 65 game mark, which I don't know if he can. It's going to be close. I think there's definitely a chance. I wouldn't rule it out. It's going to be tough, but, uh, you know, maybe that is in the back of his mind. Okay, hey, I'm getting close to the end of the season. I feel fine. I'm going to continue to play. As long as Joel's healthy, he should be out there, which I think he understands that. And, and they're not going to rest him. Of course, yes, there, there's management games built in and left knee soreness and this and that which we understand and as we've said many times the priority is not MVP it's not it's it's being healthy going into the playoffs and we've had it year in and year year out where hey Joel Embiid has knee soreness or something with his back or whatever it might be going into the playoffs when it matters most because it, it just it does it's a it's there's the most important games of the season so I don't care about a random you know Wednesday in mid-January late January it doesn't matter as much as you know April yeah. March or March April May so right yeah but still cool to drop 70 so um yes and that, that's that's where we end so like, people shouldn't discredit it enjoy the moment yeah uh, I I did want to say shout out to Sam as well because he uh focused on the Brett Brown side of it I felt like uh yep. his reporting I saw one of his t- tweets kind of like uh blew up from from what he usually does so um good on Sam and uh, we're going to shift. I don't, I don't have any more thoughts on the Spurs game. I'm sure you don't. The, honestly, it was only Embiid and Daniel House. Uh, but, you know, everything else, very normal game, I, I assume. Anything yeah, well, uh, it was cool to see Wemby. Cool to see Wemby, oh, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Wemby. Cool to see Wemby and, his, and then, you know, just Joel's reaction to him. And, I mean, obviously did not have the greatest game of all time, like Joel just basically did. Yeah. But uh, it's cool to see Still Wemby 33 and 7. And, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it got overshadowed by the 70 points. But, yeah, it yeah. was it was cool to see him out there. And, uh, I mean, he's going to be a good player for a long time. And uh, he's got a bright future, like Joel said. And I think a lot of NBA players in the league have, have seen so far. So, shout out Wemby. Fun to watch him play. I, I actually, uh, just an aside, because we are Sixers Mania, not Spurs Mania, but uh, I think Wemby is kind of under-talked about. I, I don't, like, I, I know there's a good amount of posts him. I know the Spurs are dog shit, so I, I guess I sort of get it. But I don't think people realize how good he is at how young he is and how he can grow into. Like, Giannis was terrible for, I think, like two or three years and and then became it became an all-time great. Wemby's already an awesome rookie. I think he's much better than Chet Holmgren. I think he deserves a rookie of the year, but they're probably going to give it to Chet Holmgren just because the— OKC's okay, so winning, but 
that's not really I would well I was going to say part of it is not only are they not great obviously but the market I know San Antonio's historic franchise but it's a small market it's kind of like the Thunder yeah. where you know they're not a historic franchise the Thunder but they've had some you know some all-time greats you know throughout the years there and now they're winning so you get recognized more SGAs become a, a household name in the NBA you know in the MVP conversation it feels like the past couple seasons and he's on the rise there Chet is most likely like you're going to say like you said win rookie of the year so uh that's part of it, but Webinyama's he's special. He's he's special. Yeah. So I mean, he'll he'll get recognized, and he will be an All Star. I think next season he'll be an All Star. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Uh, it's, they need to get him a point guard too, uh, and not Kelvin Johnson, uh, obviously. Oh, that's, Kelvin that's Johnson. For, that's for <laughs> close friends right there. Um, anyway, uh, I want to speaking of uh, awards, MVP and such, and elite big men. I want to talk about briefly. We're not. It's it's far back at this point. We're relatively far back. I don't expect there to be notes had. Embiid, uh, once again, we beat the Nuggets with, uh, we haven't done a pot since. Uh, I So I just want to talk about one thing tactically because I feel like it's worth discussing. Like, you know, everything else, you know, kind of goes into the MVP combo, et cetera. Embiid seems to always outplay Jokic. I don't think he's ever ducking Jokic. I think we agree on that. Um, however, I did want to mention, what did you think of putting Tobias, because uh, I know we did this with PJ mm. Tucker last year. What did you think mm. of putting Tobias on Jokic rather than Embiid? I mean, I, I kind of get it. So Joel could just kind of roam off ball a little bit and help out yeah, here. What, what Joel was on Aaron Gordon, right? He was on yeah. Aaron Gordon, I believe, guarding him. So like, I get it. I get the theory and, and the thought process there. I would like to see. It's not like Joel can't hold his own against a guy like Jokic. He certainly can defensively. I mean, I feel like it does probably concert or concert. Excuse me. Probably save him some energy there. Yeah. Uh, you know what yeah, I mean? Not, on the yeah. defensive end to help out for offense. So there is that. But yeah, it's I don't know. I don't love it. I don't love it. I, I, yeah, I was gonna say I, I'll go even further. I think it's the wrong strategy. I think PJ made sense against Jokic because he was sturdy more so than Tobias. I, I don't think it really works because of Tobias. Um, and I think Joel, he can obviously defend Jokic very well. I thought we got killed on the glass. It's one of those games. If we did not shoot as well as we did, we would have gotten murdered. If we ended up winning by five, and granted, the game wasn't as close as it looked, but. I mean, they were getting board after board. It's just that the Sixers were pretty hot from outside and, uh, you know, didn't really miss. So I think it's one of those we kind of, I don't want to say we got lucky, but the shots were falling and that's why we won. Um, Happens. Other, yeah, Fine. yeah. And um, we're, we were obviously still getting good looks. I thought they executed very well. So uh, that's not to discredit the Sixers there. I just thought the strategy, especially because that could be a finals matchup. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Of course, we got to get to the conference finals first and then. It'd be nice to build upon from there. Hasn't Mm -hmm. happened yet. Uh, I think that would be the most entertaining finals, just looking and not even being biased about the Sixers, but it's like, you know, how many times do we need to see the Celtics or the the Heat in the finals? And how I I know the Celtics only really made it once, but it's like we get it. Um, And the Bucks, yeah, yeah. We've already seen Giannis. Like, I I don't know. I think I think the Embiid Jokic final. No, it'd be be awesome. Be huge. Yeah, I think it's the best possible matchup um, out there. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Any more brief thoughts about? Nuggets, uh, Sixers, or well, just the brief mat when you said matchup. The first thing that I also think that, at least from a national perspective, a lot of people at West would say the Clippers, uh, just with the star power they have yeah. and the names that I think. I mean, NBA, that would be great for the Sixers too if we had yeah. Harden versus Embiid. I mean, someone yeah. would get a ring out of that, right? <laughs> plus, a lot of, plus, the Clippers have Westbrook and, mm-hmm. and a lot of eyeballs on that one. That would get a ton of views. Same thing with the Nuggets. Yeah, so I think those two teams are are definitely at least popularity wise yeah. would be up there. Yeah, there's a few teams out west. Like it would be. I mean, I would love to see OKC personally. I would love to see. Uh, I don't know Suns. if the national they're ready for that yet, but yeah, 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 yeah. The Suns have been really good recently, so they'd they'd be fun to see. Um, there, there's a lot out there, but I think I think uh, everyone should be rooting for Nugget Sixers, to be honest. Um, Great. but yeah, uh, I can. Uh, we'll move on to uh, pick your picture. Some some other news came out, and and we won't talk as much about this one as the other uh news that came out. But uh, Terry Rozier was traded. Uh, I think he's a guy that potentially could have been a sixer. That he did not get traded for very much, and his contract's bad. I think we—I I wouldn't say it's bad. I kind of thought about it more. Um, he uh, he got traded to the Miami Heat for a first-round pick and Kyle Lowry. And the reason why we're talking about it—not just that he could be a—he um, could have been a trade target in Terry Rozier—is. Uh, Kyle Lowry got traded. He got traded to the Hornets. I don't think anyone's going to trade for him again. He's probably going to get bought out, and he can't go to the Heat because he just got traded to them. And then the other teams are above the apron. And with the new CBA rules, Kyle Lowry can't sign elsewhere. We need a backup point guard. What are your thoughts on taking Kyle Lowry on a buyout? 
I mean, it, I think it would be a nice addition to to the team. He would be a solid. I mean, did, was he starting on the Heat? I don't know if he was starting consistently. I believe he was. He I believe he was. But either he way, was I would, for a while, um, I think I think he got moved to the bench. Uh, he was. I would take he's been very bad to be to be quite. Yeah, honest. but I would I would take Kyle in a in a role where like, hey, you can bring him off the bench here, and the, I mean, he's going to be obviously off the bench here. But I mean, once again, he'd be a solid veteran backup point guard, which I feel like in the playoff that experience can can certainly help. I yeah. mean, Pat Bev is solid. I like Pat Bev probably more than most Sixers fans. I think he brings an intensity that I haven't seen, at least from the backup point or just backup guard position for the Sixers in a long time. So it's refreshing to have a guy that, yeah, it's not the most talented player in the world. He's not going to drop 50 on you, but Pat Bev's had some, has some nice moments here as a 76er. But I would love to see at least an addition and add some depth there with Kyle Lowry. I, I don't see how that can hurt. Uh, I, I just don't. I mean, I, we need another guard out there. We're very wing heavy, which in the previous season we were not. This year we are. Uh, could certainly use, I think Lowry would be a nice addition. Uh, I don't see a yeah. downside there. I'll, I'll give you the potential downside in a second. Um, but uh, I mean, well, A, you'd have to cut somebody, but but we're not talking about that. I just want to quickly bring up Lowry was starting. Uh, he started 35 out of 37 games. Last year he started a little bit less. Um, okay. That's what I was thinking of. But uh, numbers aren't very good. Eight points, four assists, uh, 43% from the field, 39% from three, but on only four attempts a game. Obviously, he's only averaging eight points, so not very good there. Uh, does look out of shape. Definitely, like, he. Yeah. The, the, the stats are actually better than I thought, but he, he does not look very good. But I think I think that does. I don't want to say like the Heat are not a championship contender because they certainly we see. I, I mean, they they might be the last right year. now with you never know. Um, yeah, yeah, you never know. But I I think that you know the the motivation uh, when you come to a team like Philly, it just seems like players do play different. Even guys that are quote unquote, I don't want to say totally washed, but not what they used to be. Like Lowry can change his game, especially when you're playing like with a guy like Joel Embiid, who you know is much better than any guy on the Heat. No offense to Jimmy Butler, but he just is, and meets yeah, he is. levels above. He just is at least right now so to have a guy like that and kind of plug and play I think Lowry can certainly bounce off that and and perform better than he has over the past couple months there, there's I wouldn't rule that out and just to have a veteran presence in the locker room and like I said as you go into the playoffs is helpful especially a point guard he's savvy he takes some annoying charges yes he's not what he was but it's still good to have and you have that IQ for forever so yeah uh I think he would be a very good addition I'll, I'll bring up the, the negatives in a second uh, but I guess I didn't really get my full thoughts on that. He's a much better offensive player than Patrick Beverly, um, even at Beverly's best. Uh, and now I don't know who you, I guess you could wave Cork Moss at that point, but um, because because the only reason to have him is for trade filler. Might have to, yeah. Uh, I think Lowry, what he brings is uh, you mentioned the experience. He also has experience in the playoffs winning a championship with Nick Nurse. So I think there's that. I do think yep. he'd be the number yeah, one destination yeah. if he was bought out considering those other teams and considering Lowry's from here and we need a like point guard depth is an issue we have. Uh Beverly's had some yeah. bright moments recently. You like him more than than me, so let me ask you this. Would you rather play Beverly over Lowry or or what are you saying there? I think I would give them a, more minutes to Kyle Lowry. I don't know if that cuts Pat Bev completely out of rotation. I mean, it would pretty I much. Mean, I mean, he's around what, what, I, like I, 10 or he might be around. Like, he might yeah. be around for minutes, but you don't really play guys like eight minutes and eight minutes. You yeah, I know. I know. That's that's the role. issue. We're like, but I mean, I don't know. It's not a bad thing to have depth where, hey, maybe this guy's not having it tonight. He's just not going. It's not going well. You plug in Pat Bev for those other, whatever it is. So, yes, I think it. it I understand if you're going to play Kyle Lowry over Pat, Patrick Beverly, I get that, and I think you should. That's the right move. Lowry, like you said, is more offensive, uh, talented offensively. So, yes, he, he should certainly get more minutes, but it's not to say that Pat Bev, I would hate if he's cut out completely, I mean, although I do understand it. Uh, yeah. Just defensively, I like what he brings. But Kyle Lowry's not a bad defender, even though he looks a little, a little, a little out of shape. Yeah, he's definitely not bad, but he's out of, he's out of shape. I, yeah. I think Beverly's a better defender. Um, I just... The, the negatives would be Beverly. I think Beverly thinks he's really good, to be honest. I uh, rationally confident. He thinks he should be the sixth man of the year. And the, in, to his credit, they have been good when he's been in, but I think that's more. So everyone else that's in there, I don't think Patrick Beverly completely missing the rim on threes is uh, is what's helping us out there. But um, not not to say he's bad. You know, he, had, he did have some, I will say, he had some rough moments to much start the season. He, yes, yes. The past month, month and a half, to whatever it is, he has... He's bounced back, and every time he's on the court, I'm like, okay, we're, I'm not saying he's going to drop 30, but he's been solid enough where, hey, he can shoot a little bit, so okay at passing, average-ish, and then defensively, great, brings that intensity, honestly just hypes the other guys up, which I think 
is an underrated aspect of his game, like outside of just the actual basketball and then, you know, the on the court stuff in the locker room, it does go a long way. And chemistry is a big thing. We've seen it every year. There's someone new with the Sixers. They bring the deadline. It feels like this for once. We we really have a good nucleus and there's no drama. There's no nothing. You know, Patrick Beverly's a, a unselfish guy. He's helping everyone out there. I, I think that goes a long way. And Kyle Lowry would be a nice addition. I mean, that's not to say I don't want him. I certainly would take him. Yeah, so the other negative, um, besides waiving someone, which, like I said, it's probably quarter one, and that's not really a negative if you waive it. Um, but, yes, yeah, so you kind of alluded to the, the team chemistry stuff. Like, you don't want to make Beverly unhappy. Not that I think he'd be pissed and throw a tantrum. I think Beverly loves being here, but maybe part Correct. of it's tied to his minutes that he gets. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other negative is this. Uh, you can probably only get one. Uh, so let me ask you this. The other, there's his, I guess, teammate now, uh, Gordon Hayward, might get bought out. Would you rather have mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward or Kyle Lowry? I think Hayward is, or yeah, Hayward is a better Hayward. Hayward is a Hayward better, Heisman. yeah, right. I was yeah. about to say him is a better scorer, right? I mean, he just is. Yeah, he, he is a better scorer. He's been. Uh, he's just a dis- uh, disappointing amount of threes, though. I will say, like, uh, yeah, he used to shoot more. Uh, I was looking today. He's averaging two point four attempts a game on thirty two minutes. That's like worse than Tobias Harris. I just feel like we need a, a true somewhat point i feel like the fit i would no, rather I take the fit over even though i think hayward is a little bit of a better player uh, i probably lean kyle lowry just because of the fit yeah and i, the, I and would the, agree with that and, and the I, nick nurse uh, connection okay. too nick nurse yeah, connection. i like correct. that what you brought up yeah yeah uh the other thing i would say though is that might change depending on what a roster looks like post trade deadline because let's say um you know, we trade for someone in the backcourt or we get rid of Tobias Harris, we get rid of Marcus Morris, whatever it may be, then we might be a little lacking on wings. And I think I agree with you that Gordon Hayward's a better player. So um, I think depending on the situation, it might be Gordon Hayward. But I think on as the team is currently constructed, yeah. Lowry is the answer, in my opinion. So Yeah, yeah, as we sit right now, yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, other thing, I also think Lowry's more likely to get bought out, if that necessarily matters. Uh, I just yeah. want to talk about Terry Rozier uh, very slightly. Um, he's because... The Sixers might play the Heat in the the playoffs, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, once again, he was only one first round pick, which is interesting for what the market is going to be because Terry Rozier is on a very like he makes twenty three million a year. Um, you know, Bogdanovich has been a guy that I've been eyeing. Terry Rozier has probably had a better season than Bogdanovich, so it makes you wonder what his price is. Um, maybe the Heat just got a steal. I don't. I, I don't really know uh, because once again, Rozier is very tradable. He plays. He's a solid defender. Now, granted, he's playing for Charlotte right now, but he's having a, the best year of his career. He's averaging 23 points, 6.6 assists on efficient shooting. His most efficient year ever. Um, he is uh, 46% from the field, 36% on three, on 7.7 attempts from three. So, like, he would have been a really good fit here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just kind of means the Sixers would have had to go all in on him. And once again, it's one of those things. How good is he? Because he played on the Hornets, and the Hornets were terrible, and he was taking over Lamelo's role. So he was going to get more shots because Lamelo's been injured. So. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think of the Heat now that they got Terry Rozier? Yeah, it doesn't move the needle for me at all. Actually, uh, it doesn't change. Nothing I think they're a better changes. team, though, right? Minimally, I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, I think they are somewhat of a better team. Terry Rozier doesn't scare me at the at the slightest. I, I think anyone could lock him up. Pat Bev would be fine on him guarding him in a series. To be honest, Terry Rozier is as is solid player at best. We have plenty of solid players on the Sixers that aren't needle movers. When you make a trade, like they're not a better team. They're, they're marginally better, marginally. Right, so, but I'm just saying they're already the sixth seed. You wonder if they creep up at all because they did get Lowry, who was very bad, and got Re- Rozier, who's been very good. Now, once again, it's hard to. Imp- implement these guys midseason yeah, we'll see how it goes i feel like the heat of a lot of guys that don't really especially butler which we know don't try until it gets to about april like we're kyle ever gonna have a bad season and guess what it's playoff time hey we're the eight seed we're in let's turn it up a little bit and then they start to change not just butler Lowry but was just, pretty dog shit in the playoffs though last year i know if i mean I, he's if definitely I remember correctly He's definitely more washed. I mean, Rozier's a better player. They absolutely, they, they have, they increased. Yes, they are a, a slightly better team, but it doesn't really change. I'm not like, oh my gosh, the Heat are, are a threat in the East. That's not how, no. They're, That's to fair. me, they're, they're your typical six seed. I would take the Cavs over them. I would take about five I, I would, teams I would the take the Heat over the Cavs in the playoffs and the Knicks. I would, I think the Heat are better. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's fine. I just think they, they keep doing it and, you yeah. know. It's on all those players on all those teams you named. Jimmy is I like him better than Mitchell. I like him better than Brunson. I know Garland's really good as like a a, a two and Mobley if he comes back like that 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 looks nice. Do you think the Knicks would three. give them give them trouble though with OG now? I think that would be a good yeah. matchup. OG versus Butler that would be a nice matchup. So the Knicks are a very well constructed team. They just don't have like top tier talent. Top tier, yeah, correct, correct. So 
Brunson's it's tough. Good. The the East the East is. I mean, there's. I really feel like it's wide open this year. It really is. My it's wide open. I, I think both con- both conferences are. Um, yeah. I feel better about the Sixers' chances than in a while, though. I think I think the Celtics yeah. are not as good as I thought personally. Just as an aside, I still think they're the favorites. I would still pick the Celtics to come out, but they're they're not the juggernaut I quite expected. I think Drew's uh, not been quite as good. Um and. Porzingis, same thing, hasn't been quite as Tatum's good. had some some lows yeah, this Brown, year. Brown's had some lows. Like, like every guy's yeah, kind Brown. of been disappointing. The other guys are getting older and a little bit Derek worse. White's a superstar. It's all White, I know. White, White's the only superstar. one where he's, yeah, he's, he's a really superstar. Exceeded, yeah. He's exceeded expectations for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so I think that'll, um, we'll move on. Uh, another buyout, though, actually. Uh, one more. Uh, this isn't like a would you rather. I don't even think he's rumored to go to us. And I think other teams, I think like the Heat can get this one. Uh, PJ Tucker. Would would you have any interest in bringing him back? We can we can go quickly on this one. I feel like we don't have, I feel like we don't really need PJ to be to be quite honest. Once again, I think it depends if if Morris and, and Covington are still here. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I, I think I would. No. I'd have. I'm fine with Marcus Morris. I'm totally fine with him. He's yeah. he serves the same at this point in his career. Same purpose. I'd rather have Morris. Except Morris scores more. And, yeah, I'd rather I mean, have PJ. Morris. PJ, I think has a better basketball IQ, but Morris is just a better shooter. So it's. Like I don't really. Yeah, care. I mean, I've seen both on this in a Sixers uniform. I prefer more. It's just in the sample yeah. size that I've seen. And, I still yeah. really I like PJ. I, I definitely like PJ more than you did. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just he doesn't have a role right here with the team as presently constructed. But I yeah. think it's a guy to keep an eye on in case for some reason if we traded Morris and Tobias or or just one of them. I, I think he's a he's a name to look out for because uh, I did really like him here and you know he did stuff that similar to Batum, but Batum's way better. He did stuff that didn't show up in the box score so yep. uh second trade that happened fucking pascal siakam got traded for three first round picks i, I just i don't understand i i thought Masai was cooked once he traded uh oh by the way since we mentioned kyle lowry just want to every time lowry gets brought up i do think Masai's still a fraud so i just want to bring up they could have had tyrese maxi whatever uh and they held uh, on to kyle lowry uh, for free agency and they went to the heat. anyway uh, Pascal Siakam got traded to the Raptors for three first round picks. Great trade for the Raptors. I mean, he was expiring. I don't know how OG Ananobi goes for a second round pick. I know you got RJ Barrett with it, but you also got an expiring Emmanuel quickly. Like I'd rather have the three first round picks personally. I thought that was a better haul. I think OG's a better player and then Siakam got a better haul. I don't really understand it. The Pacers are 0 three, I believe with him. Now Grand Halliburton's only played one of those games. I don't know. What, what did you think about that trade? Just, just in general, because I thought it was, a yeah. Yeah, I was shocked when it was on. I saw it was three first. That's a lot of firsts to give up for uh for a spin move alert. So yeah, not yeah. not. I mean, I, I think both of us are a little bit lower on Spicy P than I think the average NBA fan. I feel like in general they they think he's solid. And Siakam is a good player. He's right? he's, he's Tobias just, with better defense. Yeah, but I'm just saying yes, yes. And the, and the contract he's going to get a max most likely. Which yes, I which mean, is insane. That's a terrible. Which is deal. insane. He's not worth. It's going to be just Tobias 2.0 there in a way, like you said, with a little better defense, but. I think for the fit in, in a small market like Indiana, they kind of have right. to just take some chances, and I understand that. In a I agree team. with that real quick, but but Siakam, it's just it's never a good idea to give a back contract. I would agree if Siakam was a little bit better. It's like, hey, are you overpaying for this guy? Like if he was OG, honestly, are you overpaying for this guy? Sure, but you're not going to get him otherwise. Siakam, I don't think that's the case with. I think I think the Pacers. I don't want to say they panicked, but I think they thought, okay, hey, we're we're maybe a little bit ahead of schedule. Uh, Halliburton's yeah. balling out this year. Let's make a move to at least be. I don't want to say contenders, but at least fight for something meaningful. Let's win a series in the playoffs. And Siakam and Halliburton can certainly win a series in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. May, they, I don't know if they can go. Pay. Yeah, yes. They're a first-round team. They they win the first. They lose in the second round. You never know. Maybe make some noise. You never know. But, yes, it's one of those where I think the Pacers just went all in and said, fuck it, let's go, and bring in a, a all-star level player in Siakam, which he, he definitely is, to pair with Halliburton, which I think would be a nice combo. I think they kind of play well off each other a little bit just because they both can run in transition. But I don't know. I, I mean, it's an interesting move. Small market team. I understand why they did it. They did give up a lot, but you kind of have to. Yeah, in, in I, I, I get it. I um, But... I, I still just think it was it was way too much. I, I would have just waited to on those picks. I mean, like you said, they probably thought they were a little ahead of schedule. Prior to that three-game loss, I think, or losing streak they're on, I believe they were the fifth seed or something like that, yeah. or, or relatively close there. Um, so they, they were higher up in the standings, and it's like, hey, you think you add, add Pascal Siakam to there, could you crack the top four and host a playoff series? Maybe. Um, yeah. But I just, I mean, as good as Halliburton is, I know you got to maximize on Halliburton. Just, I, I don't think this was the, the best 
best uh, use of assets is all. Um, it's fair. I also don't think that those picks were protected, if I see correctly, but I'm not too sure on that. The other the reason I'm mentioning this, Bruce Brown, uh, he was mm. traded to the Raptors. People think he's going to get rerouted in a trade. Um, the Sixers are apparently are not interested in him, but he kind of makes sense. I don't know. Do you have interest in Bruce Brown? I, I'm, I personally do not, but I think other people... He can't do. really shoot, right? I mean, right? I mean, am I, am I wrong there? Is Bruce I mean, Brown, he's just a really good... Really... He's a re- he's kind of like um <laughs> I can't like believe a tenacious I'm, I'm, guard. He's like a it, what people want Jaden Springer to be, but yeah. instead of being good at zero things, he's good at some things. Um, <laughs> he he's yeah he does shoot twenty nine percent from the field, but he shoots fifty seven percent from uh, or fifty seven from the field, twenty nine percent from three, ten points a game. He's like a good cutter, good defender. Um, kind of like if Ben yeah. Simmons was short. Yeah, this, no, which, point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand, I understand that the mold and the build that he is. And I, and I, I certainly, I mean, I think it'd be an interesting pickup in a way where like, he definitely serves a need that he is a guard and, you know, he's not going to create or score a hundred points a game, but it definitely can. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't we know. Can, the more I think, more I think about it, I'm like, I, I, I do see that the Knicks have expressed interest in him, which is, which is interesting to see because he feels like a New York Knicks player. He does player. feel like a Nick. He yeah. feel he just feels like a yeah just just the guy that just hustles out there and just plays hard and you know scores five points a night so it, it's kind of him but I don't know for the Sixers it doesn't really make sense and I understand why there really isn't much interest there yeah I I agree um but for, for some people were suggesting it so I just uh, thought it was worthy um all right uh, last two trade candidates I don't we haven't really talked about but have been rumored as available uh actually one I want to talk uh, actually. Yeah, I'll talk about the one I don't really care about. Uh, speaking of guys that seem like Knicks, Sadiq Bay. I say that because he went to Villanova. Um, Sadiq Bay, I I think he sucks, and people think he's a lot better than what he actually is. I also just want to bring up the irony of the fact that everyone wants these Hawks players, and the Hawks are terrible. It's like like Trey Young's on the table, but everyone wants Bogdanovich, everyone wants Dejounte Murray, and some teams want Sadiq Bay as well. I think Sadiq Bay is a uh, He's not good on defense, but people think he's good on defense, and he's like an okay shooter. He's like a three and D guy that's not good at either of those things. What are your thoughts on Sadiq Bay? Uh, we have a lot of wings. I'd rather have Nick Batum. Next, yeah, I, I, that, yeah okay. Fair. <laughs> that, I, I like that to be honest. I just, I'd rather like, have Nick Batum. Yeah, I just, I just think some people you could be like, oh, well, he's under. I think he's under contract longer. Yeah, and he's younger. And, yeah, and in no. the past, he's looked okay, but uh, he's had a pretty he's dreadful fine. year. And a typical role player. Too. Hawks are terrible. I don't want to trade for the guy that I think is the fraud out of the, the three guys on the block there. Um, because I mentioned in previous episodes, which feel free to listen to audience, uh, where I talk about, we talk about Bogdanovich and Murray quite a bit. Uh, Murray looks like he's might be going to the Lakers at this point, just given the landscape, all the reporting. Uh, I still really love Murray, but I actually think Bogdanovich might, is my number one trade target through it all. So, um, all right. The player I actually want to talk about and we'll see mm-hmm. is, is Herb Jones. Cause He's a guy I'd say yes to. Uh, what I'll get your thoughts on Herb Jones first before I go. I like I like Herb Jones. I like Herb Jones a lot. I think I mean he's pretty young. Uh, he would be a great fit here. Can play defense. Can shoot. I mean that's that's a guy that you want. And uh, I mean he can handle a little bit. Not really a playmaker per se. But I w- I would like Herb Jones on the team. I think he'd be a great fit here uh, in Philly. So yeah. Yeah. So Herb is. Um, I mean he's having a he's having a really good season uh, shooting. He he. Out of Alabama, he was a guy that was like, "Hey, this you're not going to be able to play this guy on offense." And he he came in and he, and he was a much better offensive player than anticipated. This year, he's shooting forty percent from three, only three point four attempts per game. They look like they're trying to clear space for Trey Murphy, Herb Jones. Uh, very tradable deal, very good deal. Uh, I'd I'd give up a first round pick for him. Honestly, he's uh, very good. I think he could be a long term piece on this team. I think he is a like he's much better than Tobias Harris if we put him at the at the four and like got rid of Tobias somehow or, or for future seasons, whatever it may be because Tobias is expiring as is Morris and Patum's retiring. So I think he's a, or likely retiring. I think he's a great piece. Love Herb Jones. Uh, would he could play small ball five too. We keep doing that with Morris, which doesn't really work. Uh, Herb Jones can do it. He played center in college. Uh, not that that's the only thing to do it, but he's a great shot blocker. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he can get yeah. steals. Like he, he's a, he's a pretty sick defender and he's good. At, he's an actual three and D guy. 
Uh, I love him. Yeah. I like Trey Murphy more. I would try to get Trey Murphy, but I understand why they're probably trying to get rid of Herb Jones to, to make room for Trey Murphy. Has it been rumored that the Sixers are in talks with him? Like, or no, it's just been that? rumored that he's available, and who knows? Okay. Maybe the price okay. is extraordinarily high. I uh, assume it is. Yeah. But that. the only Sixers, like, the Sixers haven't really been linked to anyone besides Jonte Murray, but then they shot the, the like, the Sixers shot that down, apparently. Um, But... Windhorst, everyone is saying the Sixers are going to be active at the deadline, and it makes sense. Embiid scores seventy, you know, like we're, we're, this is this is the time. Uh, as much as the cap space pipe dream is nice, if Paul George signs an extension, who are we getting in free agency? Uh, the Pacers are going to sign Pascal to a max. OG, I think, is staying in New York, though he'd be interesting guy to throw an offer sheet at it. But it's not like he's restricted. The Knicks could offer us a better deal. Like on and on, there's all these flawed free agents out there. I guess you could go for LeBron, but it, that. Seems like a pipe dream, and if LeBron really wants to come here, you can create the cap space in the offseason. So I think I think investing guys now it doesn't have to be someone major, but like get a Bogdanovich, get someone like that. I and then I try to win with this team now, fix some of its flaws because they got they got quite a few, but it's not anything glaring. So uh, that's my big yeah. picture, big picture six stake. But uh, we'll see what they do. I mean, that, I keep bringing up all these guys just in case uh, we do trade for them because I like to get our pre-acquiring thoughts. Uh, and as well as just go over all the options because he's definitely a guy I'd look at. All right. Um let's uh let's move to like the other the the big well actually Yeah, we'll we'll do the big national national news. So it is uh it's Sixers related, Sixers adjacent, there's kind of two pieces to it. Doc Rivers uh has a is now the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. The the Bucks yes. shockingly fired him at thirty and thirteen. They're the two seed in the East. However, I will say, let me be clear. Adrian Griffin was probably dog shit. Uh-huh. However, I do think Doc probably sabotaged him. We'll go into the details of the story. Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll go into it. Maltz, what are your instant thoughts to Doc Rivers being the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks right now? You know, I'm gonna do this segment in a Brett Brown voice. I think you mean the second best coach um, we've had a, in the past facts. couple of years. To, to Nick Nurse, of course. It's safe to say that Doc Rivers is a mistake. He's horrible. No, Doc's fine, but he's not great, and I'm happy that he's the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks because... Because um, we might play them in the playoffs? That's going to be yeah, electric yeah. playoff series if that happens. I'm, I'm ready for that series. I thought the March game when James Harden comes back with the Clippers is going to be exciting. I am praying for us to play <laughs> the Bucks because I just think Doc Rivers is going to coach them directly into the ground and, and to a second-round exit. I cannot wait for this to happen. It needs to happen. Uh, but yeah, Doc is, is, we saw him. There's not much to say about Doc Rivers. He's kind of just a name that's out there where, Hey, my name's Doc Rivers. And I think even Shaq said it on one of the TNT shows that he's on. It was yesterday where basically going back and forth and saying that, Hey, Doc Rivers, you know, he has that one championship and he's kind of holding on to that like pass where I didn't know hey, Shaq I said that one actually. championship. He did where he's like, he needs to do something else, you know, to actually really get over that hump. And like, there hasn't been anything recently that Doc Rivers has proven. I forget the exact, but in game seven, I know he's been there a lot. So that's why he has the most amount of losses. But I think he's like six and 10 or something along those lines in game sevens in his oh, career. Yeah. It's yeah, horrible. He, and, and and recently he's lost all of them. Uh, I So here's what I'll say. I actually think this is a good move for the Bucs. I thought Adrian Griffin was bad. I think Doc Rivers... Say what you want about him, and I, I've said a lot about Doc over the years. He, uh, He's a good fit for this team, and what I mean by that is Doc Rivers' biggest flaw is he doesn't play young guys and he doesn't adjust. They won a championship with a guy who doesn't adjust and Mike Budenholzer, and they don't have young guys to play. Uh, I mean, you know, like, I guess some They're of that time— They're not a deep team. They're not a deep team. They're, they're not, but, but and that's where Doc Rivers thrives because Doc Rivers, of course, single-handedly costs us Isaiah Joe, who is yep, would be yep. awesome. On, I, I can talk, I talk about it all the oh, time. Oh, God. But uh, he doesn't play those type of guys, and he's really good when teams are shorthanded. Guys seem to like him, and they respect him, and they didn't respect Adrian Griffin. And they were doing well despite not respecting their coach. So you have to wonder what they're going to look like. It didn't look perfect. Uh, so I think I'm not that Doc Rivers is going to make it perfect, but I think they were already a good team despite a coach that looked pretty bad. Now you got to wonder what they'll look like with a coach that has had success, even if it's a while ago. And at least in the regular season, you know, it's not too long ago. We were the one seed with Doc Rivers as our coach, but there's not many young guys that he's not going to play. Like, I guess, uh, poor Bochamp, he's never going to, nope. he, he's, he, there goes his role. Say goodbye to your career. Yep. Yeah. Goodbye, so, Bochamp. Uh, yeah, get rid- 
Get her to learn Chinese, buddy. You're right. Seriously. Uh, it's, un- it's unfortunate for him. But everyone else, like, they don't yeah. really, and even Bochamp, that's not like a, the household name that he's not going to be playing. Not that Isaiah Joe was, but nonetheless, uh, it, it's not, I don't think there's going to be, if Bochamp is glued to the bench the rest of the year, that's not going to affect the, the Bucks too much. So I think it's a. No, I mean. Yeah, go on. Go yeah. On. I was just gonna say yes. Obviously, they're a talented team. They're what are they, thirty and thirteen or whatever, whatever it is. And they've looked underperformed. Conference is all correct, and that's the scary part. Is that yes? I think Doc Rivers is certainly an, an upgrade at coach because their coach was a a you know we just didn't know who he was. His first year coaching, his rookie head coach. That's what you expect. So uh, it's unfortunate. I think Doc will definitely command the locker room in a way that a rookie head coach cannot just because of the straight up experience, right? So that there is that factor there. They do respect him. They got a guy that is well respected around the league. But at the same time, you look at what what happened in the playoffs and and just over the past couple of years, he's not been a great performer and, and just or coach in yeah, that aspect. And I feel like he gets out coached constantly. I mean, we saw it with the Sixers the past three seasons where Every year going to the playoffs, like, okay, we, we have a chance, but Doc Rivers, I just can't trust him in some games and the rotations he puts in, the timeouts, and just, in, I mean, he just made a lot of mistakes. So you never know. It's an upgraded coach because they had literally no one. I mean, no, yeah. just no disrespect. They weren't respecting him. Giannis refused a- to check out. He was calling his own plays. Like, they weren't doing what Adrian Griffin wanted. Yeah, and so shout out, I mean, the Bucks made the right move. If you want to make an offseason or an in-season adjustment, now's the time. Do it now while, while you still have time before the playoffs to at least get acclimated. And Doc Rivers' experience, you can really plug and put that dude in, and he'll be fine. But it's not a like people are going crazy, it's like oh my god, we got Doc Rivers. There's Bucks fans that are all excited. It's like you got Doc Rivers, right? And, and, and I don't that's know also goes back to the conversation. At least the ones I've seen. I think it's just like some are, It's a mixed emotions, but also we've said it before. I mean. Coaching, it matters to a degree, right? Yes. It, it matters to a degree. Talent wins. We know that. It's been established. We know. You have Giannis. You have Dame. They're expected. I think Bucks fans would be disappointed if they're not at least in the conference finals, which we very well could see them there. So who knows? Yeah. Unfortunately, there's three teams that are all kind of conference final. Well, it, uh, yes. like it's a disaster if they don't make it, and only two teams can make it. So uh, what I'll say about Doc, again, is uh, I think that – Going against him in the end, like big picture, though I think it's an upgrade for the Bucks. All I know is if we go against him, we're going to have the coaching advantage because Nick Nurse is just a flat yep. out better oh, coach yeah. than Doc Rivers, uh, and that's nice to have. And Doc Rivers' playoff success has been, or lack thereof, has been well documented recently. So I'm excited for it. Makes for a great storyline. I mean, there are so many great potential Sixer storylines this playoff series. We have the Celtics, which is always a good story. Doc Rivers and the Bucks, or we could play the Heat with Jimmy. Like there are plenty of options that could be uh and that honestly might be their their path one two three so it it's going to be a really fun come playoff time and i'm really excited looking forward to it but in the meantime we got trade deadline and all-star weekend and all the things that come before it so uh quickly on doc rivers i mentioned him sabotaging he basically pulled a colangelo i'm sure he saw that it was where they brought him in he was advising and he was kind of just lording over this whole thing and it appears that that's Giannis was like, and everyone they wanted Doc way before this is what it kind of looked like, like like not not before in the offseason because they probably would have hired him, but they wanted him or pretty early on they established like this is our guy, fuck fuck Cajun Griffin. That's why they were they were kind of having a mutiny of sorts. So I don't know. What do you think about Unreal. Doc being a slimy bastard? <laughs> <laughs> slimy bastard's great. Uh, yeah. well, it was funny. I always I always knew there was something up. You know, Doc's not meant to be an announcer of any kind. Just and he lies place. all the time. Like, and he like, lies. Like, did you see like that? He was like, yeah, Maxie told me he wanted to come off the bench. And Maxie's like, I never said that. <laughs> no. Like, Doc just is, Doc's bad. Doc's be like, bad. Yeah, I, I told James Harden. Like, all, like it's just he just lies all the time. So. No, yeah. Doc needs to. I mean, I think Doc is fun. Like, he likes to coach, obviously. Let him be a coach. I don't know why he went to the booth. It's not meant for him. It's not his thing. It's <laughs> just not. Number one, was meant for, respectfully, uh, does not have the voice. Film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's great at yelling red blares during the huddle, and that's that's his thing. Let him do that. But please, I mean, can we limit it to just the po- the post uh, game press conferences? That's it. I don't need yeah. to hear more Doc Rivers. So good for him. Got the coaching job. It makes for a great, you know, spicy, hopefully matchup in the playoffs. I can't wait. I hope that happens. I think it will to some degree. To the Celtics, the Bucks, we're gonna face someone good. So yeah. I'm ready. I'm so, glad Doc Rivers is back in the league, even if he yeah, did it through good. Uh, crazy methods. I guess he got inspired by watching Succession or or some shit. I don't know <laughs> how he was going to get in there. Uh, but um, other thing, too, they were apparently targeting Matisse Thibel, which, A, I think is interesting for us. That's He's serious. actually a guy I've kind of considered 
would we want Thibault? But the Thibault, anyway, Thibault has uh, veto power because he's year one of restricted. Uh, of he was his offer sheet was matched. Uh, he went to the Mavericks and the you know the, vetoes. The you know vetoes. He has yeah. yeah oh, oh, I know vetoes. Uh, so do you, by the way, and and so do four other. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I do. Is, we all know vetoes. Anyway, uh, anyway, sorry, that was an aside for a fantasy basketball reference that people won't get. Um, so. Thibel has veto power over where he goes. He can choose his own destiny. And the r- one Bucks reporter said, "Like, yeah, now that Doc Rivers is the coach, I don't think he's going to be. Uh, he's gonna, he, or I think I think Thibel would veto any any trade here, and as he should. And granted, they probably shouldn't trade for Thibel if if Doc Rivers is the coach because he hates that guy. But uh, I just thought it was so funny that Thibel's like, yeah, this guy kind of kind of derailed my career, and I I didn't like playing for, or potentially, you know, this is all sort of speculation. But what did you think about that? I mean, it, it's interesting. I don't even know if I would want Thibault back, though. I mean, like... I think we could yeah. use some perimeter defense help, and he's under he's on a pretty good contract, in, in my opinion. He's shooting very well in Portland for him. Uh, I think he... And who knows? Maybe Nick... Yeah. I mean, I, he fills a need. Once again, he'd be like a nice guard to have out there, and I guess if he can just shoot somewhat efficiently-ish, which, like you're saying, he's, he's been okay in Portland... Fine, but I don't think I, I I think the Sixers they're going to focus on a on a guy to acquire. Yeah, sure. It's not him. It's more of a it's it's leaning towards. Slow, I just, I just think he's an interesting name as all. He'd be he'd be a cool piece. I would love it's once again more depth. I mean, we, we have already a deep team, and it's nice to just keep adding yeah. to it and bringing a guy. Well, like, I, I'm just saying it, it's yes. not even depth if we traded Morris. If we traded because those guys are on very tradable deals. And, yeah, you know anyone besides Batum because if we get rid of Batum, I'm going to cry. But uh, that's true. You are a Batum. Lo- which Batum's right? I mean, he's great. I'm Batumsman. Uh, but uh. Yeah, I, I think he's an interesting piece, especially because we're la- the only guy with athleticism on this team is Kelly Oubre. Uh, but, I mean, I guess Maxie's quick, but you know, in terms of like wing athletes, it's really just Kelly Oubre. So, uh, yeah, I think that wraps it up on the Bucks talk. Uh, I want to do two more things. There was a I uh, I gave you some some homework before this uh, podcast. Yes. Okay. Uh, I wrote an article. I graded everyone, and you can read that at the Sixer Sense. Uh, but I did midseason grades, and I wanted you. Um, everyone can, of course, read the article. Uh, I wanted you to bring up your biggest disagreement with me because obviously I didn't consult with you with this list. I just kind of go off myself, my own intuition. Um, did you? What was your biggest disagreement with my list? It was obviously that Allah was not on there. No, so <laughs> even though I think the non-players say we can give Allah an A, he's improved every single year. I, I would um, not give Allah an A, so that would probably be wow. Okay, probably. I would disagree with that. I would go on the Zach Lowe route, probably. So yeah, well that's true. To be honest, I mean there's a, there's a lot of these I do agree with just because I feel like we watch the games in a very similar way, which like I under I understand like the Springer at a D is harsh, but at the same time I understand I'm not going to disagree with that because that's that is a fair grade. So just looking through them, I think the biggest one that I have to maybe question, um, it, I would go I'm going to lean I'm between two. I would probably go the D'Anthony Melton B minus. He had a rough stretch in the beginning. I'm a big D Melt guy. I like him. I know he's had some struggles finishing around the rim. I'd have him closer, not not an A, but I would have him in the B plus territory just okay. because of what he provides. I feel like if you take and he's been injured the past couple of games. Yes, we've looked great because Joel Embiid is just absolutely insane but when Joel comes back to earth a little bit he's still gonna be dominant I think a guy like D-Mel if Maxie is off which he's had some off games can step up can step up provide some consistent three shooting which he's had some ups and downs there he's you know like he's come back to earth a little bit compared to last season but he provides quality defense overall I just like his game I think D-Mel's a guy that we don't have a ton of outside of maybe like Kelly Oubre is also also semi-athletic it just helps to have but I like I like D-Mel and I would I think he's a little undervalued there Okay, uh, so I'm actually glad you brought him up because he was the guy I had the most trouble with, and I actually almost put it lower. I started off mm-hmm. at, I think I started off at a C, and then I was like, I think it's more of a B minus because, uh, and I wrote about in that blurb there. I do think he's a good player. A lot of this is kind of with expectations is sort of how the grading goes. Uh, like of course I'm yeah. not holding Mo Bamba to the same standard I'm holding Joel Embiid, and uh, for for Melton. I think you would expect his numbers to dip a little bit, which is why it's not like the expectation. This isn't crazy, but he is shooting 39% from the field, which is really bad. And I yep. didn't even mention yep. the at the rim finishing, but it's been horrible. I, I mean, he, he always kind of has been. And the threes, uh, while he is taking more of them, he's ma- or, or, uh, yeah, he is taking more of them. He's making less of them. 
And defensively, he doesn't look as disruptive, to my eye at least. I don't know what advanced numbers say. Uh, he doesn't look like quite the defender he used to be, in, in my opinion. I think he's a little slow. I did bring up that he's kind of in an unfair, and this is the difficulties of grading this, he's in an unfair position because he is. he came into this, he was supposed to play off of Harden and play off of Maxi. He comes into this, he's kind of the point guard of sorts. I mean, it's him and Maxi, like, and and Embiid being a, a trio of point guards. Yeah, but he's the least built for that of any of those guys, and and he he had to do it. And I'm not saying that's bad on Nick Nurse. That's just the personnel this team has. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you are right. We kind of have the way the team's built is Embiid's Joel Embiid can kind of do everything. Yes, obviously he's not a point guard, but Joel's improved his passing. No one's going to disagree with that. And then you have two shooting guards in your backcourt. Essentially, we don't have a true point like you like you said. I mean, yes, Maxi has been okay and solid, and he's improved from the scoring aspect. He's not the best passer in the world. We we know that. Neither is DeAnthony Melton. He's not really a ball handler, and that's not his game. Which, like you said, is unfair. So yes, part of the expectations I understand in given his role, be my I get that. I just think, you know, he provides something that a lot of guys on the team don't. And there's a reason he's in that starting lineup. You, you very well could have Ubre over him. I think it would be a big lineup, but it's not to say that he's totally irreplaceable. But Melton gives you gives you a, a, just a, a different skill set than the other guys don't provide here. So I don't know. I like Demo a little bit more than most. Um, I don't, I don't dislike nice Melton. Nice guy. I think he's yeah, a, no, a very I know, good. I know. This I know. might be his last year of being a sixer, unfortunately, because he's on a yeah, cheap deal. I know. It's a shame. This year. So uh, I do want him back. It's not like. Tobias Harris, uh, who I don't want back under any circumstance. What was that trade? Why am I blanking? I know it was it was not that long ago. What was the Melton? That was uh, the David trade. Roddy pick. That was essentially, and I guess that's Danny right. Green. That's right. Danny Green was the contract filler, and then oh, I mean, just what what a great boy, trade! What a great <laughs> yeah, because you got rid of Danny for your boy, I guess. Demelts, I mean, he's better than he just is. I mean, oh no, no, is. I think it's a great he's trade too. The... I thought you were just being being uh, facetious because you hate Danny Green, but. No, well, no, no, no. I like legit, like value wise. It was like, great. And I, for, I always forget too, like the age of Melton. Like I, I don't know why. Shockingly I young because he looks thirty eight and he's been in the league for a while. Yeah, he's twenty five yeah, he years old. Looks so old. Yeah. Who's twenty five? I mean, yeah. God dang, he's a year older than me. It's embarrassing, but yeah, yeah. it's true. He is uh, <laughs> a year older than Paul Reed. <laughs> like unreal. Reed, like you think Paul Reed is is really young? Uh, you know, that's a, yeah, exactly. He's younger than Corkmaz, he's uh younger than mm. uh he's two years or three years younger than kelly Ubre, and kelly Ubre is like wow really, i know kelly Ubre has been around a while but he's got the athletics like yes. milton has like an old man's game and and looks old man he does and whatever he does. so uh yeah he, he is shockingly young I, I hope we bring him back next year for what it's worth it's just that uh yeah let yeah. Mel cook this could be it for him uh but yes of course you can read that uh other thing we started doing uh we started bringing up comments mm -hmm. did you did you find one from the people yeah i mean there's a lot of just i'll kind of just go off like the general vibe obviously looking at the past couple posts joel and b that we of course we're gonna post about the 70 point game and that's you know rightfully so so a lot of positive comments on here saying joel and the best player in the world insane mvp blah 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 i've seen a couple haters i'm not gonna put out names here but there's been some where you know, hey, great, he had 70, but 20 or 21 or 22 of them were on free throws. It's like, <laughs> so you only I'm getting 50 sick. <laughs> yeah, but I'm getting sick of the whole, I don't remember, I'm confused. Did, were, did free throws not exist a couple decades ago? Was that not part of the game, or has that free throw line always been there? And we That's where I'm before. It's because he knocks them down, and honestly, like, they are fouling him. There's a lot, does he embellish? Sure, everyone does. Yes. And he just, he gets fouled because he embellishes, like, every NBA player, but he's also harder to guard than some of those players so, yeah he, he he's he's impossible to guard he just is i mean he literally is a swiss army knife he can he can pull up a mid-range he can back you down yeah. he can pull up from a from a deep three it doesn't matter and that is part of the reason is because it's not like he's doing this and he's six foot six or six foot eight he's seven feet yeah. It's too hard to stay in. You physically can't to even reach up there. You yeah. have to. You're gonna hit some part of his arm. You're just bouncing. He's so damn big, and that's credit to Joel Embiid is because there's no other guy at his size outside of Jokic, talent wise, that it's even similar to his level. And even scoring wise, Embiid is on another level than Jokic just from flat out scoring, which it's been he known. Be so compared to Jokic I think for scoring, he should be compared to KD and and all these other guys. Correct. He's one of the best correct. scorers in the game. 
And even the players, too. It's funny. You see a lot of guys, and we're going through the Instagram comments, right, which, of course, social media, and you know, it's just your casual fans on there, right, typical. But the players, and, and they they respect Joel. They understand Jokic knows. KD's tweeted out, damn, all, all Joel needs is three quarters. So they understand how good KD this guy really is. KD really likes Jokic. I don't know if you've noticed. Or KD really likes Embiid. My bad. <laughs> I he don't does. know if you've noticed he that. Does. Like, he like loves all the time, I mean, like more so than any NBA player. Like, I think KD really wants to play here if he had contract that hey i man the scoring i mean that i don't know how you guard i mean it would be like three years from now he's under contract for a while i know it'd be awesome to make the trade i know it'd be so great it'd be so great but yeah i was back to the point though i mean players do respect him and i think a lot of players understand i mean anthony edwards just said said it when the timberwolves played here and just you couldn't stop him joel had what like 45 50 in that game so it it just happens every time and to see the guys on instagram and the twitter dm or twitter comments and just all over the place on social media be like well uh, the flop came back at it or free throw merchant here we go it's like come on yeah, let's get past that. It's just it's it's unreal. And I have one even on my story actually that I posted from yep. uh, from. I, I figured this, the, this is the route you're going, which is kind of why I gave you this homework assignment. <laughs> yeah, well, the one on this this wasn't even a comment actually in ours, but I was looking yeah. through like you know NBA and all the all the accounts we follow here. Yeah, bro took 41 shots, not including shots he was fouled quote unquote on, and took 23 free throws. Oh, sorry, the tweet went away. 23 okay. free throws. Ba ba ba. On an eight-win team, congrats, my guy. So now the team's factor. I don't care if they are the worst team in NBA history. The Pistons are bound to be. Yeah. It doesn't matter. These are professional players. It's These also Wembenyama, and he's shooting over him. Like, yeah. like take the take the records out of it. Like, it, the they they have one very good player, and that's the guy Embiid's going against. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yes. Yes. So I I don't understand the entire debate. And even if it wasn't him, though, yes, sure. The team factors into it. But 70 is 70. It's one thing to drop 35 or 40, but 70 points. I mean, we already went through the names and the amount of people that you can count on on two hands on two hands. That's scary. There's a lot of people that have played in the NBA in the entirety of it in all of history. And there's under 10 people on that list. And Joel Embiid's one of them. I don't care who it is. It's a professional game. Impressive stuff. Joel Embiid is the best player in the league. Period. Also, uh, what it's worth, uh, when Kobe Bryant, not to discredit him, that that was the anniversary of Kobe's 81-point game. Yes, uh, 18th or 19th anniversary, I forget exactly. But um, And it was crazy because Carl Anthony Towns similarly was was going off at first, even more so than Embiid, honestly, in the first half, I believe. Uh, when Kobe did it, he <laughs> shot 20 free throws. No one ever mentions it. Um, they also weren't doubling. The Raptors were abysmal. They they put Jalen Rose on them, and Jalen Rose was not a good defender. They just had nothing. The Spurs were doubling. They were trying all these things, and they just couldn't stop him. Uh, and, mm-hmm. yes, the free throws, he shot 20, like I said. Uh, people yep. need to chill out with with him beating and the free throws once again it's because he knocks him down Giannis does not knock him down so people don't care correct uh, and and like yeah. Shaq used to not knock them down <laughs> yeah, it was hack and Shaq for a reason <laughs> right, right yeah you can't so, do it with no. Embiid and and the other point I wanted to bring up too and I, I've kind of alluded to it those shots where you can say embellishment or he's kind of going for a foul he makes them a lot like that's kind of his game the face up with a guy in front of him he will do it if he's fouled or not he'll make it Sometimes he is fouled and they don't call it, and he makes it anyway. He's really good at shooting that that contested jumper where he gets hit on the arm, and yeah, he, he keeps attempting it for a reason. It's been a great source of offense. So like, I I don't really want to hear it with the free no the, the, defend the guy. We're not even, we don't care if he wins MVP. None of us care. No, I don't care. We have a bigger <laughs> I think goal. He should be the front runner. We don't care. Yeah, it's just to discredit the man because of this. Discredit him for the playoffs if you want. Um, even Correct. though I think that's still unfair there because of the injuries. But to be like this gripe of his game is so annoying yeah no no the free throws are bullshit and i, I think fans are starting to hopefully realize that. i feel like the narrative's changed a little bit but you still get a lot of the entire non-sixers fans out there saying hey the free throws and this and that and and, and the and the foul and baiting yeah. and all that sort of stuff which he's nowhere near as bad as trey young is at it and same with no james harden no. back in the day where harden would like look like he was intentionally missing shots so he could get fouled yeah i mean i mean and B's just sheer size. You just can literally cannot stay in front of him. And like you said, with the with the face up game, that's part of it too. If you have a problem, go take it up with the refs. You got the wrong. I mean, we're getting mad at Joel. Oh, he's fe- it's not him. I mean, the refs are yep. the ones making the call. So I'm sorry they haven't adjusted the officiating, but that's how it is. And, and Joel's going to play to the rules. So 
Yeah. Can't blame also, uh, everyone's golden boy, and I, I know we rip on him, uh, or we have in the past. I really respect him. I actually do genuinely like him as a player, but I'm talking about Jokic here. Uh, mm. If Jokic just shot more, which he doesn't because he's a, he's a very good... This isn't a criticism. Yes. Um, If he shot more, he would also shoot similar to Embiid's numbers, and he would... Uh, he would shoot a high percentage from the line. So Embiid would still be better at it because Embiid's a better scorer. But I'm just saying, like, it's there's a lot of dominant bigs. Or there's only mm-hmm. two dominant bigs, and th- that's they would get fouled. Well, three. They're, it's Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Jokic doesn't shoot as much, so he doesn't shoot as many free throws. Giannis shoots just as many free throws, and he's also dominant, so that's why he shoots a ton, but he also can't knock him down. Embiid is just the combination of does it a lot and may, knocks him down. That's all. That's just my piece on yep. that. Unreal. Yep, yep. All right, uh... I think that'll wrap it up for us. So uh, it was a good conversation. Maltz, where can they find you? Yeah, as always, Sixers.mania on Instagram. On Instagram, Excuse me, go check it out. Comment on our recent post. Show some love. Maybe your comment will be featured uh, in one of the podcasts, upcoming podcasts here. We'll definitely read some names off. If they're good, I won't totally roast you unless it's a really dumb comment. Yeah, if, which I, you're the first time we, we did that, we did debut quite the uh, quite the uh, Yeah. Yeah, which which I'm hoping to get some controversial posts up there and maybe some fun things that we can actually discuss on the uh, on the next pod. So yeah, let me say this: if I roast you on this or whatever, any mm. comment leavers, mm-hmm. I respect you for leaving a comment and putting your voice mm-hmm. out there. I embrace yeah. debate, yep, uh, controversy, whatever. It don't be, be afraid. Hence, hence don't be, you might even be posting the story, which is embarrassing. But don't. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I'll we have put. a take segment. All right, uh, you can find me Will Cover on all social media platforms. Obviously, you can find my article at the Sixer Sense that I just wrote. I'll probably. There was I had some other ideas floating around, so there might be some coming up there. Uh, we'll do a pod. There's a, we got another Denver game coming up, so we might might do one. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, but yes, thank you. Out west, out west. Until next time, yeah. Hopefully, Embiid doesn't dodge. Not to get a last second thing because I, not that I think he was the first time he was legitimately injured. He's not afraid of Jokic, but still, I want to see them play in Denver because I'm tired of the fucking fans talking about dodging games. Go Sixers, go Sixers, go Sixers. Thank you for listening. Until next time.